friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. I'm so pleased that you have chosen to give me some of your time today. Today in this episode, we're going to be interviewing Richard Gamble. Now, Richard is uh, he's doing something really quite cool. And it's the kind of thing that some people will love it and some people will hate it. But when you hear him talk about it, you start to think, hang on, this could, this actually could be something quite cool. This could be quite interesting. This is a bit different. There's nothing like this kind of around. Um, he's written a book, really good book, called Remember. And really what we're exploring today is the importance of remembering what God has done rather than focusing on what God hasn't done. So you might want to check out his book, Remember, I can't more highly recommend it. Uh, the website attached to his project is www.eternalwall.org.uk. And essentially what these guys are doing, they are building an epic prayer wall documenting answered prayer so that anybody that drives past and comes in can see testimony after testimony after testimony of what God has done in people's lives. And I can't think of a better way of celebrating what God is doing done in this kind of way. I just think it's really interesting. It's the kind of thing that I will want to go and visit and look at myself. So here we go. I hope you find this really interesting as we just talk through some of the elephants in the room around spending money building a wall. Um, so be inspired, I hope. And I hope what you get from this is that actually this potential for quite creative things in how we share the gospel with people there's different ways of doing it and different ways can really be impactful for different people so here we go a uh, short interview uh, with Richard Gamble uh, on the eternal wall on prayer on answered prayer and unanswered prayer so here we go Wonderful. Richard, welcome to Making Disciples. It is so lovely to have you with me today. How are you doing? Yeah, doing all right. Thank you. Keeping busy. Keeping busy building something. Yeah, yeah, amongst, amongst other things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but great, great to spend some time with you. Yeah, well, I want to jump straight in because I want to talk to you about prayer, but I want to, I want to talk to you about a specific area of prayer. And I've talked about it before in the podcast, this idea that uh, I am very good at focusing what, on what God hasn't done yet, rather than focusing on what he has done. So can I just ask you this question right off the bat? Why is it important that we remember what God has done for us? Why is it important we remember answered prayer? Um, well, Spurgeon says a great quote. He's got a great quote. He says, um, why, why is it that we engrave our failures and disappointments in marble and our successes in sand? And, and I think it's so easy to, to uh, you know, think about all those struggles. But actually, when we remember what God has done, I, I think it recalibrates our mind. I think it actually puts our mind onto the truth of who God is mm. and how he relates to us. And it's so easy to forget those things. So I suppose in, in this current day, you know, we are bombarded by facts, aren't we, of mm. infection rates and all those sort of numbers. 
And if you just focus on the facts, sometimes I think you miss the truth. Mm. You know, I could, I, I could say, oh, do you know what? My bills have gone up this month. Uh, my job's not as secure as I thought it was. Uh, I'm going to go overdrawn. And all of those are facts. But the truth is God is my Jehovah Jireh. And, and what meditating and remembering and recalling answered prayer does, it adjusts your mind away from the facts to the truth that God is in control. And what I always say to people is, you know, take yourself back to that moment. Think of a story, a time where God answered that prayer and that moment of, oh, gosh, this is amazing. God's I prayed. God's listened. He's answered. You feel really close in that, in that time. And the point for me is God's not changed. His love for you in that moment is unchanged. His passion for you is unchanged. And therefore, just meditating on what he's done brings that alive to you and recalibrates your mind. Mm. I found myself recently, uh, I had an operation end of last year that went wrong. Well, it didn't go wrong. We, we knew it might go wrong. And it's left me partially deaf in my right ear. And the Lord reminded me recently, Chris, you've prayed over many people's ears and seen miracles in people's ears. Why are you praying less for your own ear? Mm. And I was like, oh, gosh, Lord, that's just a bit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, it's, I a like... weird old, it's a weird old thing, that, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that, that um, we almost can have faith more for other people than, our, than ourselves. And um, I, don't, I don't really know why that is, whether that is because sometimes we think, yeah, but there's this situation and this situation. But, but of course, he has no favourites. I, I have like this little grid in my head which sort of goes well number one god has no favorites number two he never changes you know number three i know he's for me and number number four i know that he listens and he and he answers and 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 i try and put it through that grid and and remembering the stories how helps me um with with that but of course you know it's not a formula either and for me me, prayer is about a journey with God. And I actually think he's more interested in the journey than the answered prayer. Um, but he's more interested with the journey afterwards as well. Yeah. See, I've, I've meditated on some of the times that God has answered prayer in my early life. And I look back on those stories and I, and I see them in a new light. And I think, oh, my word, God was so gracious to me then. So... So does that, does that make sense, Chris? I, it I does. think it's about the journey, you know? It is. And I think there's also this aspect of um, if I was to pray a prayer right now, what, what would that prayer be? And I often find myself going, well, I'm going to pray for the big thing that I'm really desperate for. Well, my ear isn't, the, you know, isn't irritating me much. So therefore I don't pray for that. I pray for something else. But yeah. when I come to pray for, for a friend of mine that's sick, you know, it's almost like I have, you know, I love what you said, you know, I have more faith for them sometimes than I have myself. But it's also that, you know, my heart's desire is, oh, I want to see them healed because I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for myself, I don't necessarily have the same love. Mm. And it really struck me. Um, I went into, I run a coffee shop attached to my church as a part of our mission. And my cafe team prayed for me, for my ear. And as I came away, I felt like the Lord said to me, um, why don't you ever put your 
own hand on your own ear, Chris, and pray for a miracle. Oh, yeah, very good. In it, praying for yourself. Why is it weird? Yeah, yeah. Should, should it be weird in any shape or form? But, that's, but that, for me, you see, Chris, what you've explained there, that heightens to me the importance of the journey. Mm. Because it's not just about God wanting to heal your ear. It's what you learn about it. It's what you learn about how God wants us to have as much passion for ourselves as we do for our, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. That's a, that's a two way thing, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Talk to me about the power of prayer. You know, we're remembering what God has done, but what is, what is, if there's a listener listening, I, you know, I, I'm not sure I still believe that anything changes when I pray. Mm. Uh, I'm not really sure much happens. Like, what would you say to somebody who is struggling, uh, believing there's power in prayer? I think, I mean, I, I suppose it's, it's an incredible thought, isn't it, that the creator of the universe, the creator of time, is actually happy to listen to us with, with any of our conversations with him. That's an incredible thing. And then when you start to read and hear about the different things that he will do on our behalf, then, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. Mm. So, so, um, and, and, you know, that might be, that might be a small thing. It might be a healing, which is a big thing, but I also believe in the power of prayer for nations. Mm. And, and, you know, one of, one of the stories that, that I share a lot is the story of Dunkirk mm. where the king of this country called the whole nation to pray. He went on a radio broadcast and said, it's time for us to do what our forefathers have done before us and call on the Lord most high. And over a million people prayed for the boys on the beaches of Dunkirk. And at that moment in time, they were expecting 30,000 soldiers to be saved. Mm. And actually over 300,000 were saved and they were saved because of, um, you know, bizarre weather conditions where it was calm seas where they were, but storms where the German planes were trying to take off from. They were saved because Hitler made a completely strange strategic decision that to this day historians don't understand. And they were saved because there were some just, you can only put it as downright miracles on the beach. I mean, mm. there, there are accounts of soldiers throwing themselves on the sand, you know, uh, a rain of bullets coming in. And as they get up, they look at their bodies, realise they're un, untouched and there's a silhouette of, bo of bullets around their body, you know, making a, a body shape. I mean, it was incredible what happened. Mm. And, and I do believe that we can change nations by the way that we pray. Wow. Hey, look, look t tell us about what you're dreaming and plotting and scheming for um, the eternal war. Because this kind of yeah, feeds plotting into and, this Plotting and scheming sounds quite... Uh, uh, quite Kingdom scheming is good stuff. <laughs> scheming are, with Jesus. Yeah, come on. We are, it's been a 17 year old plan. So I felt God speak to me 17 years ago. I've been working on this in earnest for seven years and we're building um, a national landmark called the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer. 
uh, on the outskirts of Birmingham. It will be completed in 2022. It's a giant piece of public art to provoke conversation about prayer. And it's made up of a million bricks and every brick will represent a story of answered prayer and people will be able to come and point their phone at any one of their bricks and using an app, the app will light up and tell you the story that it's our expectation is going to give people hope and inspire them mm. that Jesus is alive, uh, that he listens and he answers. Mm. I love it. What an incredible plan. Like, why Birmingham? Of all places, Coles Hill, Birmingham. <laughs> well, the really simple answer to that, and it's a crazy story, is um, is because that's where God's given us the land. I mean, I I uh, presented the idea at a parliamentary reception um, to get political backing, uh, which we've got across the spectrum. But at that point, we had no land, and we prayed. And then I went to uh, the States and somebody brought this word and said, God wants you to know he's got some land for you. And then uh, one of my team of intercessors prayed and said, well, God, if, if you say you've got some land, where is it? And she circled this piece of land and sent me the map. I went, there it is. And what she didn't know was two weeks previously, the person who owned that land had emailed me and asked to meet. And, okay. and there progresses a long story of over two years I still, I still, even at that point, didn't tell him where she'd circled. But after two years of failed attempts of different pieces of land, they paid an architect to look at their portfolio of land. And um, the architect came back with the piece that the lady had circled two years previously. So why Birmingham? Because I believe that's a piece of land that God wants us to build on. Speaks to I want you know I'd love to name some elephants in the room like some of these tough questions about these kind of things. Yeah. Um, I'd love to say you know this is costing a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Would we not be better investing that into the poor? Well, I I think firstly the the economics of this. There's a number of answers to that. Economically, this once it's up and running in in twenty uh, two will raise about a million pounds for the poor each year. And all the profits will be going into good works and Christian charities. So if you imagine that this is, this is um, gonna last for at least a hundred years, then you know a, a five million pound investment is gonna generate a hundred million pounds for the poor. Mm. So that's one, one argument. The other is, you know, I don't think God's, as Bono said, God's not short of cash. It's not like, it's not like he says, well, I can do that one, but I can't do that one. And, and we believe and we've seen from so many incredible stories of God answering prayer for us on this project. We know he's in this and, and his provision has, has just been incredible. And I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, Chris. And if people want to back it, great. And if they don't want to back it, that's great too. But what we're trying to do is provoke a conversation in the nation about prayer and to break out of the walls of the church and do something that's contemporary in our visual age of the 21st century that gets the wider population thinking about whether they should consider praying and uh, you know where it's cited we reckon about half a million people are going to go past it every week so it's going to have a massive impact in this country mm. i love that i think you know I agree with everything you've actually just said. 
I'd add an extra one in there. You know, you know when God starts getting people circling bits of land that two weeks ago, uh, some the landowner actually contacted you, you start to realize that this is not just a bright idea. God's up to something. At which point, uh, those questions over why invest into this, not that, well, you start saying, well, well, God seems to be doing something here. We're just chasing him. Uh, yeah. And I think that for me is where things get exciting because if we simply did things that looked sensible uh we may find ourselves uh miles away from where the lord is actually playing and doing stuff yeah um, and i've got and that's been my experience in the fullness of time we'll be able to tell the story but it's just ridiculous i mean i'll tell you a quick one that I means a ridiculous story but let me just tell you a quick one so i'm in a meeting this guy uh, is said he's going to invest in us, but he wants to look at the, the charity. And he says, you know, you're, you're missing a construction person. That needs to be on your, you know, on your payroll. I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm going to find that person or, or even pay for them. And uh, then they described the person. And I said, well, I really want them to be a Christian. And they laughed and they said, look, the person you're looking for is like a needle in a haystack. If you want the Christian one, it's like a yellow needle in a haystack. And I said, well, do you know what? It's been seven years. Every time I've come with a problem, I've prayed. And I prayed there and there in the meeting. 30 minutes later, uh, a guy is driving in his car. He turns on the radio. He hears a story about eternal war. And he feels God say to him, you need to get involved. He is a Christian construction project manager, exactly what we were looking for. And so God answered that prayer within 30 minutes. And so... I, I don't know what I'm doing, Chris. I, I can't even put up a shelf, never mind build a national landmark. But I'm just, we, we are finding as a team, and there's 20 of us now, just an incredible grace where God is providing us with the right people and the right open doors to get this, to get this built. Mm, love it. Look, another uh, um, elephant in the room then. Yeah. So you're celebrating all these answered prayer. What about those individuals that will come to this and say, yes, but God has not answered my prayer. And yeah. I've just had so-and-so pass away or I've yeah. been out of work for 12 months. Like, yeah. Where does unanswered prayer fit in what could look like a vitriolic, we're only yeah. celebrating the good stuff. What do yeah. we do then with unanswered prayer? Well, I, I, um, where does it sit? I think it sits slam, slap bang in the middle of it, because um, we've we've all got those stories, haven't we, of of loss. But I'm, um, I don't think you can glibly uh, respond to well, why does God answer that prayer and not that one? I sort of struggle with the concept of God not answering to be honest with you, because I think often what we're saying is you're not answering in the timing of that or, mm. or you're saying no and I don't like the answer, no. And particularly, and I've had that experience myself, when you, you lose loved ones that are close to you, that's, that's, a, that's a real wrestle. But what we are trying to do, and we have done so far, is to collect not only stories of the amazing yeses, but let's collect the stories of people when they've prayed to God and they've lost a loved one. Well, what happens next? Because I think that will give people as 
as, as much strength as the victories as well. Mm. Because as I say, and I said right at the beginning, it's about the journey. And so what we, I think we'll attract a lot of people who come with a, why didn't God answer that prayer for me? Mm. And we'll have some trained chaplains to, to help them through that journey. But I don't believe that God answers every prayer mm. in it with a yes and a straight away. That's not my experience. You know, I might be married to Pamela Anderson if he did that, and that would not be good for me or her, and I wouldn't have the kids I had, you know. So so uh, I've never prayed for Pamela Anderson. That was a poor joke. But but my, my point is, um, you know, that there are, there are times when God chooses to say no, and we have to wrestle with that and try and understand him more on the journey of why that may be. I love that you mentioned Pamela Anderson. Most people listening won't even remember who Pamela is. There we go. Please don't Google it. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Um, What about this next elephant in the room? You know, Jesus is not about temples, is not about buildings, is about a move of God, is about people, is about dining room tables, uh, is about being together, praying together, uh, transforming the neighborhoods. So, you know, why do we need a monument when Jesus is a movement? Good. Good question, Chris. Because I think there is a a biblical principle of the power of remembering and passing things on to the next Mm. generation. What we're not doing, this is not a, I'm not trying to build an idol. You know, we're not, we definitely don't want, people praying to the wall or worshipping it or any ridiculous stuff like that. But if you look at Joshua as an example, took 12 stones as they crossed the Jordan to remember what God had done. They planted them at Gilgal and they said, this is so the generations will know what God has done. In Deuteronomy, it says, um, you know, don't forget what your eyes have seen or let it fade from your memory and pass it on to your children and your children's children. And so what we're doing here is, is I believe, fulfilling literally hundreds of scriptures which talk about the importance of remembering what God has done. You know, Jesus, when he broke bread, said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, for me, when I break bread and, and have the covenant meal, I not only remember what he did on the cross but i i i choose to remember my relationship with him and and what i've learned from him and and the things that he's answered so my hope is that what this landmark will do is keep alive the stories of what god has done in this nation Hmm. jesus i believe was answering prayers in 600 a.d you know, we've got stories of being people being raised from the dead in, in Scotland. You know, we've got stories of, you know, a, a pastor going in and praying protection over a house in the middle of the night and 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 saying, praying to Jesus, saying, you know, um, paralyze the arm that would strike against this house, not realizing that the thief was standing in the same room as him and became paralyzed instantly. There are amazing things that God has done in our country. And I want to make sure that the generations remember that. Mm. 
So it, it is about creating a space for the UK to remember, isn't it? That's what this is ultimately about is, is celebrating where God has been on the move. And that is missional, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, from a Christian point of view, this is a wall documenting stories for a non-Christian. This should be like a mammoth uh, arrow pointing towards the God that is on the move. So this is missional, isn't it? It's not just for Christians to engage with. So how do you expect, you know, how are you hoping that, that people driving past would engage with it? Well, my, my hope is, you know, that there's a, there'll be a million stories of answer prayer. I think somebody's only got to find one of those stories that they believe in and it should rock their world. And, and so I believe that this is one of the biggest evangelistic opportunities that is available for us as a generation. And, and my hope is that, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple of, of, of been to the hospital they've been given a diagnosis they're distraught they've been told there's no there's no hope for them and they drive past this thing and then they go do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna have a look at that and they type into the app their situation mm. and then the app directs them around eternal wall and shows them the stories that relate to their situation and then and then as they leave you know they're, they're given a booklet that encourages them to try praying. Mm. I think it's massively missional, Chris, mm. and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people each year are going to visit. And, you know, my hope is that they'll find the God who answers. I think it's been my experience here, you know, 10 years in East London, uh, lots of people think they know Jesus. They think he's a prophet or some just think he's a good religious figure, a moral teacher. I find that when I'm chatting to somebody in the street, and I say, can I pray for that now for you? We've seen mm. miracles happening in the street. And we've got mm. a lovely story of a lady who was just going into the hospital with her child that got deformed hips. And I just said, hey, before you go, can I, can I quickly pray? And I quickly prayed for her, for her uh, son. Um, they had the scan. And by the time she got home, there's a phone call from the hospital saying, we're really confused. There's nothing wrong with his hips. There was wow. months ago. There isn't now. Um you know, just there's something missional about prayer. I was at a local junior school and the lady across uh, in the admin, admin office said, oh, Chris, would you pray for my husband? She explained what was going on. I said, I, I, did, I will do. I, I'll pray now, not just when I go home. So I prayed yeah. with her in the office and, uh, you know, just seeing how she's moved towards this idea that God could actually be on her side. Prayer is missional. Uh, yeah. You know, we, if we take it as an opportunity, you know, bump into people in the street, you might not say, look, can I share the gospel with you? But you can say, can I just pray for that? Do you know what, though, Chris? What I would also say is I think remembering the stories is missional. Mm. And my my passion is that we become a nation of storytellers because because sometimes if you if you are telling a story of what god has done you you're telling that person personally of your experience and personally of who jesus is to you i used to be a chaplain of leicester city and i was there when sven goran erickson was there and people would say oh sven's like this and sven's like that and i was like well actually i've met him this is what he's like and people believe it when it's a first-hand account. Mm. And I think it's the same with Jesus, that if we share stories of what we've experienced, it's a first-hand account 
that they cannot deny. I love it. Hey, we've run out of time. If somebody wanted to check out the Eternal Wall and, and uh, yeah, see what it's about, where should they head? Um, well, please go to eternalwall.org.uk or if you uh, search it on any of the uh, social media platforms, you should, you should find it. Um, and what I would say and really ask you for your help is we need stories. We need stories and the, the, uh, we need accounts of the deeds and the wonderful acts that God has done in your life because the exciting thing is that in 50 years, 100 years time, somebody could read that story and it could be the catalyst to them finding Jesus. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for giving your time to us today. And Very I'll certainly well. be praying for you guys as you prepare for 2022. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. Bless you. Have a good day.